wages are rising, but inflation may have given workers a 2% wage. This article is from CNBC, and to talk about it with me is, of course, Jennifer. Hey, everybody. Before we get started, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment down below. And ring the bell for notifications every time we post. Ring a ding ding. <laughs> so, Jennifer, wages are rising, but we're also getting a price cut because of inflation. So let's see what CNBC is talking about. Workers saw their hourly pay in June jump at the fastest clip in more than a decade. Yet some of them saw those gains erased by high levels of inflation. Real wages, a measure of income after accounting for the cost of goods and services, fell by almost 2% on average last month compared with 2020. Senate Republicans said Wednesday that Americans were getting a pay cut as a result. The staples of American life are increasing exponentially, according to Senator Tom, Tim Scott, who cited examples like higher prices for gas, laundry, airfare, moving costs, hotels, bacon, of course, and TV, which are all true. I've, I've seen that those prices have been going up. Um, moving costs, especially, I, but that's a different story. Yeah, that I have wanted to buy a meat slicer for a while now, and I was looking at, I know, I, I make my own deli meat, and I want to yeah. slice it. Um, I looked, it was 70 bucks a couple months ago. I just looked the other day. It's 110 Wow. So I don't know if I'm going to buy it now. The thrust of the argument that inflation eats into rising wages is true, according to economists. Still, there are many nuances, they said. For one, whether a consumer got a pay cut or not depends on their individual earnings and the things they buy. If prices are growing faster than wages then people are getting inflation-adjusted pay cuts, according to Michael Strain. Ultimately, this varies dramatically for every individual, obviously, because if you're not buying the things that are having price prices inflated, then you're not getting that pay cut. Who's not buying bacon? You know, I am sick of the bacon trend, and it seems like it's all kind of going away, and I'm so happy. No, because I went to this little place the other day for brunch. Mm -hmm. May had candied bacon. My world changed. It was changed. You're like 10 years too late. Well, I think bacon needs to continue to be. No, please. Yes. No. I'm, I'm just, my, my thing is, it's not against bacon. It's, it's against these trends that just go on for far too long. And bacon has been one of them. It's, oh, it's, it's fine. It's called interests. Yeah, but it's no longer interesting. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, have that bacon and you'll you will have a renewed sense in bacon. Uh, plus, inflation has been volatile and may prove temporary, meaning a reduction in buying power could be short lived. Economists say now I mentioned this earlier. I, I thought this last line that the inflation could be short lived, uh, according to some economists. I thought this was funny because I also have pulled up and, and Jennifer doesn't have it. But from the Wall Street Journal, um, they have an article and it's titled inflation is here to stay for years according to some economists so it's kind of funny it's like weathermen yeah <laughs> some economists say this some economists say that That's because inflation and wage growth average hourly earnings rose 3.6 percent 
uh, in June compared with the same month in 2020. That's the biggest spike since January 2009, according to data compiled by the Economic Policy Institute. Meanwhile, the Consumer Price Index, a measure of inflation, jumped 5.4% over the same period, the most since August of 2008. Together, this amounts to a 1.7% loss in buying power on average when factoring in seasonal adjustments, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So wages increased, inflation increased, so you have that net negative in buying power. Which, going back on our point earlier and saying it depends on what you buy, inflation is affecting things like gas prices Mm -hmm. and food, and those are things people pretty much always buy yeah so i maybe it's not a two percent decrease for everyone but it's a decrease for some people for for most everyone uh, of some degree inflation is a tax said william foster a vice president for moody's investor service that's the best way to think about it inflation most impacts lower earners who spend more of their average dollar on gas food and other items that may be rising in price foster said wealthier individuals who tend to hold more financial assets like stocks or homes may be better able to offset the impact of inflation he added but not everyone necessarily got a pay cut as a result the 5.4 percent jump in annual inflation is an average of many items and households aren't necessarily buying the ones that are getting much costlier for example the metric includes prices for used cars and trucks which are up about 45 percent from june their largest change on record that price should uh, price shock wouldn't hit someone's wallet unless they bought a car but again like we said most everyone is buying gas and and and, and groceries mm-hmm. similarly gasoline prices are up 45 percent that extra cost would be borne by drivers though perhaps not city residents who ride public transportation which is also true but if you are purchasing gas then you're usually refilling once a week at least yeah that's what i fill up by comparison food prices are just are up 2.4% over the same time, lower than the broader inflation measure. Now, my thought is, so if you buy a used car, right, his point is if you buy a used car, you're only going to be affected by inflation if, if you buy that car, and not everyone buys a car, but everyone buys food. But although food costs less, on average, people spend about twenty to $30,000 on food all year round. So... Are you being affected just as much if you were to buy a used car? I don't know. Consumer behavior. The consumer price index also doesn't account for shifts in the behavior of consumers who may change what they buy to avoid these higher costs. For example, one might switch to chicken from beef to save money or delay buying a car until the prices fall. People respond to price changes by shifting their consumption, according to Noel Williams, economics professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, an adjunct fellow at the Manhattan Institute. The Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index, another measure of inflation, also accounts for these shifts. The Bureau Economic Analysis hasn't yet issued the figure for June, but in May, the PCE index was 1.1% points lower than the Consumer Price Index annual reading, which indicates consumers bought lower-cost goods. 
However, these shifts still impose a cost on consumers, if not an explicit one, according to Casey Mulligan, an economics professor at the University of Chicago. They're trying to minimize the evils, but they're both evils, said Mulligan, who served as chief economist of the White House Council on Economics. But my thought is, I, I also heard that um, people have, I think it's, it's household income has increased to 41%, by 41%. So more Americans than any other time in, in U.S. history have more money to spend. So are they really buy or changing their buying habits when they have more money to burn? Probably not. But they did say that they're buying lower cost goods. So distortions. There are there's also reasons to be wary of overinterpreting inflation and wage figures as the U.S. economy rebounds from the COVID-19 pandemic, according to economists. That's due to economic distortions caused by the virus. For example, consumer prices fell early in the pandemic. Comparing prices today to lower prices a year ago will naturally, ca naturally cause inflation readings to seem high. Similarly, wage data may be skewed by a disproportionate number of layoffs among low-wage workers during the pandemic. In April 2020, for example, average hourly earnings jumped 8%, even amid mass layoffs, since more high earnings earners remained in the workforce. The same may be happening now, but in reverse. As the economy rebounds and lower wage workers are rehired, aver average earnings may appear suppressed. It goes it to my point earlier about how the average isn't a good way to to look at things like this all the time right so the problem here is because you have low skilled workers or or, or workers that are earning less it's they're out of the, the work data. right they're out of the workforce Ooh. so you have higher earners still in the workforce because mm -hmm. they can work from home they're doing online jobs it skews the it skews yeah. the data whereas now it could be skewing it like they said in the other direction because mm -hmm. more lower wage workers are are getting reemployed again so and that's a good point uh, so I think what you would have to do is then compare it to 2019. I think that would be the most appropriate way to go. Yeah. I don't think you can base anything off of 2020. I think no, that is such 20, a 2020 sucked. Yeah, but it, it's data-wise, it's it's so it's so radically outside the norm. But. Temporary or not, it's unclear whether high higher consumer prices and wages are temporary or longer lasting, according to economists. However, at least some of the inflation can be explained uh, can be explained by likely short-term dynamics, likely supply constraints and a surge in demand as consumers emerge from pandemic-induced hibernation, they said. For example, high recent gas prices were caused partly because major oil-producing nations couldn't reach agreements to raise oil supplies in early July and a shortage of microchips has led to a spike in car prices. Some expect inflation to persist, though. Inflation is not going to be transitory. Mohammed El Arian, the chief economic advisor at Alinzar CSE, I have a whole list of companies that have announced price increases, that have told us they expect further price increases, and that they expect them to stick, he added. Wages seem to have increased in recent months amid rising demand for workers, according to the Labor uh, Department. Increased pay may be longer lasting than high inflation, since businesses often don't cut pay after raising it, Hausman said. 
We typically don't give people wage cuts, she said. Employers typically don't do that. But maybe inflation is not here to stay, but if you increase the wages of the workers, then you have to increase the prices of your products, most usually to compensate for that wage increase. So sure, maybe the, the, the other variables that are, uh, that are making inflation possible now will no longer persist, but you might still have increased prices because of the increased wages. Mm-hmm. Which makes it very difficult because you increase the wages to keep people off of things like government programs to mm-hmm. buy food, and then the price of the food goes up, and they're back in the same place they are. That's they really, were. That's actually really interesting. How would government programs be affected by the increased price of food? Because they only have so much money to spend for that government program. Well, I mean, that's not the point, though. The point is, okay, we want people to have increased wages mm-hmm. so that they don't have to be on these programs. But if you're just increasing prices to the point where, it's, I mean, that's, this is one of the longstanding debates is, you know. I think I know what you're saying. You dig people out of a hole and then mm-hmm. put them right back into a hole, which I don't know how to fix the hole because, yeah, obviously things go up, things go down, just then, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's a sticky situation. I think what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you... If your wage increases to, say, $15 an hour, you no longer qualify to be receiving the government program. However, the prices of products has increased. Mm-hmm. So your 15 bucks is still 10 bucks, you know, buying power-wise. Or even 8 bucks buying power. But that you are no longer allowed to be on the government program. That wasn't actually my point, but that's a fair point. Uh, I mean, that's an excellent point. Mm -hmm. I was just saying, you know, if increasing wages to to a level, I mean, again, the goal is to get people off of the government programs. Mm -hmm. So we increase the wages. They're off the government program for whatever reason. Maybe they're just finally able to, okay, I don't need to be on the program anymore. And then the prices of things increase. They then they're right, right back, back in the hole. It. So, yeah, I mean, I guess your point, but but also, I mean, not even just being mandated off the program because they no longer meet the wage requirements. Mm-hmm. So There's just too much going on. Yeah, yeah. I think to move forward, there's too much of a push to move forward with progressive, you know, quote-unquote progressive policies. I don't think you can move forward with progressive policies until you stabilize the boat, right? Because... Everyone wanted to do all of the progressive policies even before COVID. And sure, they, you could definitely do them while the system was not in free fall. But right now, all of the focus should be on stabilizing the ship. And then you can implement and you can go off and, and do your progressive policies once you have the foundation back. Yeah. But again, we're going to be using a crisis to... Anyway, that's Try, trying to use a crisis to fix the the long-standing issues right which isn't going to happen but we have this article from the new york post and it's kind of like a follow-up to the cnbc article because i think cnbc i think that's more center left i think the new york post is more center maybe a little center right um so they're talking about 
um, the U.S. GDP grew 6.5% in the second quarter, which falls short of expectations. And if we remember from the first article, they were talking about um, whether or not their argument was that maybe inflation was not here to stay, but it would be temporary. And I think this article kind of talks more towards how it might not be temporary and it might be longstanding. So I, this is almost like the rebuttal almost. So the U.S. GDP surged 6.5% in the second quarter of the year, falling short of expectations as businesses reopened and government-aided fuel uh, fueled the recovery, but inflation and shortages held growth back. America's gross domestic product, which is the value of goods and services produced, grew by 6.5% from April to June, compared with the same period a year ago, the Feds said Thursday. Economists polled the Dow Jones and Wall Street Journal expected an annualized growth rate of 8.4%. The second quarter's growth was just slightly better than the previous quarter's 6.3% rise, which was revised downtrend. The slower-than-expected growth was still enough to push the GDP above pre-pandemic levels, underscoring how far the economy has come in little more than a year. So that's very good news. <laughs> so we're back to uh, so we're above pre-pandemic levels. So that's great. That's definitely great. I think what they keep doing, these economists or whoever they're talking to, I think they keep shooting themselves in the foot because they keep repeatedly. Um, making this prediction that it's going to be higher. And time and time again, it's always fallen below, which provides cannon fodder to people who think differently from them. And they're like, well, look, you were wrong again. It's Aha. lower. Right. So I, I think they should set their expectations a little bit Set the bar lower. lower. <laughs> at the worst of the pandemic, the economy collapsed at a striking rate of 31.4% in the second quarter of 2020 before bouncing back strongly in the next quarter. The most recent quarter's lackluster economic growth came as businesses across the country opened their doors again after emerging from the depths of the pandemic and customers flocked to restaurants, airports, and stores to spend their money that was saved over the past 16 months. Like I mentioned earlier, we're at the 41% of, of household income. Um, it's the highest it's ever been. But the past few months of economic recovery were also hampered by surging inflation, supply shortages, and a labor crunch that left many businesses struggling to staff up uh, and satiate demand. Supply chains are far from getting back to normal, and the story of the COVID-19 pandemic, including variants, is far from being finalized, which is true. I mean, we're hearing all the time about the Delta variant. Yeah. They're telling us now that we have to wear masks again, and then possibly there's going to be a vaccine mandate. Um, I mean, that's definitely going to hamper people getting back to work when it sounds like things might get shut down again. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're stoking fear, even if things open up, you're going to have people that are afraid to go out or go to restaurants and bars and, and, and social events. Mm -hmm. You know, even just thinking of the cruise industry, because you have a cruise coming up. Maybe. Y yeah, maybe. Maybe What's gonna I happen have a cruise. There? Who really knows? I know um, the cruise line is supposed to have their first cruise um, in August. I think mm -hmm. it leaves August 6th something like that um so they're having their first cruise they're not going to any international waters so they were slated to go to the bahamas they're only going to their private island um 
I don't know. We'll see. You're required to wear masks in indoors. Um, mm-hmm. Buffets are like not self-serve. That's the best part too. Where you don't have someone serving you, so they don't have to judge you when you fill your I, plate exactly. up. Exactly. Like I'm gonna go back three times for crab legs and shrimp. They're gonna be like you They're again. They're like really. I'm be like, don't judge me. We're gonna have to take your picture, put it on the wall. Yeah, they are. I mean it. <sighs> That's my that that's what I'm most looking forward to is the food and now they're gonna judge me so I don't know. We'll I would pack like a couple changes of clothes with like <sighs> the big the big nose and that's, the big glasses you can slip it on. They like won't slip on my it. glasses and have you know have one top. And, uh, but yeah, we will definitely see. Um, right, because if they're stoking the all months. this fear, I mean, they could potentially freak out the CEOs of these cruise lines yeah. who might say, well, we don't want the bad press. We better just shut down before yeah. some people get sick and then we get smeared all over the media and whatnot. But I think the cruise line industry, too, they're taking, I mean, you have to submit at least proof of testing, I believe, 24 hours before embarkation. They're not doing it themselves before you get on the boat? No, it's just showing proof. Well, that's kind of ridiculous because within that 24 hours since getting the test, you could get COVID. That's true, but I mean, they're just going through the It's probably the best they can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's just they're going through the motions. So, supply chains are far from getting back to normal. And the story of the COVID 19 pandemic, including the variants, is far from being finalized. Hamrick added that he's still optimistic about the outlook for the rest of the year, even as the Delta variant of the coronavirus heightens concerns over further delays to economic recovery. Amid all the still remarkable challenges of the moment, quarter two GDP, with an annualized increase of 6.5, falls short of expectations. The outlook for growth through the end of the year remains upbeat, however, he added. Last month, the U.S. managed to add 850,000 new jobs, topping expectations, but that came after months of disappointment as businesses struggled to find adequate workers. The Feds, on Thursday morning, also released new jobless data that showed initial filings for unemployment benefits, seen as a proxy for layoffs, reached 400,000 last week, down 24,000 from the prior week's revised levels of 424,000. So, Employment rates are, unemployment rates seem to be decreasing, or at least filings for the un- unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. But th- could that also just be because people or some states are no longer providing unemployment benefits, or maybe I know I, after I left the other night, I stopped and got dinner, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh look, that line doesn't have very many cars in it. Let me let me just swing in here and I'll mm-hmm. be out in five minutes. No, no, that didn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. Because the person at the front or at the drive-thru literally had to take an order, mm-hmm. go bag the order, take the money, you know, do whatever. Oh, I need more ketchup. Okay, yes, you know, whatever. And then come back and take an order. There were three people working. And when I commented, I was like, you guys seem very understaffed, you poor people. He's like, we have three and we're supposed to have seven. He's like, I don't even work at this one. He's like, I don't even work at this location. He's like, I got pulled. 
Did you ask him? Are people not coming in because... I didn't ask. I just wanted my food and to go home. But <laughs> I was like, you know, I we appreciate you being here. We are, you know, it was like, in case no one tells you tonight, thank you. And, and you're doing <laughs> your best. And, and that's notable. Because I was, like, frustrated at first. I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Right. And then it was just, like, empty when you looked. Like, you could tell the two other people were probably cooking. And he mm-hmm. was the only one running everything. It was ridiculous and it sucks because I, I i know that the unemployment benefits i think it amounts to like 16 bucks an hour mm-hmm. and so if you're working in a fast food industry you're probably only making 10 bucks mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you not take the unemployment benefits exactly. but uh, the other side of the coin is if you're not working for the last year it's not look gonna look great for your resume either that's true although i feel like at that point that man would have been like a person out in the parking lot you want to come help okay let's do it you're hired immediately but it's like the homeless too sometimes they have that you know you try that barrier you hear the you hear the stories where you know someone will go up and ask them if if they want a job but they're cool without a job i guess that doesn't really apply with sure how that uh, helps your point but okay yes <laughs> i don't think it does i don't I, think uh, it does i take that back okay <laughs> uh, economists surveyed by dow jones expected exactly three hundred and eighty thousand initial claims from unemployment last week weekly new claims have fallen substantially from the 2020 peak of about 6.1 million new claims in a single week the week over week numbers have inched closer to historical averages over the past couple of months as hiring has picked back up but last week's surprise jump in weekly claims had some economists rethinking how soon the U.S. will restore its pre-pandemic labor market. The week-over-week numbers have inched closer to historical averages over the past couple of months as hiring has picked up. But last week's surprise jump in weekly claims by has some economists rethinking how soon the are they repeating the same sentence Did they, the same I, paragraph? I, I thought you repeated it no i've got it twice here yeah that's so odd but it, i'm i'm stopping because did it's saying that the what claims have increased unemployment claims okay didn't we read that they also decreased initial filings for unemployment reached 400,000 down 24,000 but unemployment is increasing or jobless claims are increasing hmm. am I just too tired to understand that or hmm. not sure anyway the country was averaging just over 200 thousand new claims per week in 2019 they are throwing a lot of numbers in this article but they compared to 2019 which was you know what we wanted yeah that was your recommendation so that's good earlier this month the labor department reported that the u.s job openings rose again in may to more than 9.2 million nationwide indicating that there are plenty of open positions and a poll published last week by morning consult found that more than 1.8 million Unemployed Americans have turned down jobs over the course of the pandemic because of the generosity of unemployment insurance benefits. It's terrible. It's awful. We need people to get back to work. We do. We do. But if we can pay people more to do nothing, what do you think people are going to pick? Uh, do nothing. Oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm a lazy individual, if I can be. Like, we're all human. Yeah. 
In a bid to hasten the job market recovery, a handful of states have moved to cut unemployment people off from pandemic-boosted federal unemployment benefits, which gives unemployed workers an extra $300 per week. Many business owners, Republicans, and economists have blamed the extra benefits for causing a labor shortage, saying that the unemployment payout keeps workers at home while businesses go understaffed, including your uh, restaurant where you went to. Yes, they did their best, though, and I was proud. In addition to the federal unemployment program, other reasons for the labor crunch include fear of getting COVID-19 and school closures keeping parents at home, economists say. Of course. Alaska. summer. Alaska, Iowa, Mississippi, and Missouri all ended their federal programs on June 12th, about three months before it was set to expire. Another eight states ended their program, ended the program on June 19th, though some of the moves have been tied up in court. In all, at least 25 states are looking to lure workers back into the labor market by withdrawing from federal programs. I'm pretty sure Florida is one of those. Probably. This may be digressing a little bit, but it kind of goes back to an earlier point um, that I made. I'm not sure if it was in the last video or just when we were chatting, but a barrier being the the child care. You know, we need we need a way to fix child care for people. And my teacher sister would absolutely die. I tell her this all the time and joking, but year round school. I am. 100 percent it would solve child care issues it would, it, it it would, would solve the problem of the employ the pay for the teachers as well yeah i, I mean i hear all the time that the teachers are underpaid but i completely disagree teachers make oh, don't let my teacher know, sister hear you say that i know but my argument is teachers make what forty thousand a year something like it depends on the state yeah but at the same time you have to factor in that they're only working uh, nine months out of the year not even that okay but you have to factor in as well they are only officially pa- they're paid essentially by day so they are paid for the amount of school days that they are actually in session well yeah i mean i, I get paid for the days that so I essentially work. you're you're getting paid for I mean, you're, the argument is they're only working nine months out of the year. Yeah, they're only getting paid for those nine months that they're there as well. But then they have to find, you know, they have three other months that they're technically not getting paid. So Right, but my point is if I make, if I work at my job for nine months, I would make the same amount in those, in, as them for nine months. But then they but have I'm working for 12 months, so my annual salary is... But then they have three months that they still have to live, even though they're technically not getting paid. Right, which is why I completely support all-year-round school. Gotcha, because you get gotcha. paid all year, and your pay increases, but you don't have to pay them You don't have anymore. to pay them more per right. XYZ. Because the biggest problem is they have to get a second job throughout the summer to support themselves. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I disagree with the notion that they're not getting paid enough. I agree with the notion that they're not getting paid year-round. Yeah. there. I can guarantee, though. Um, and well, everyone get, wants to get paid I was going to say, don't get me wrong, though. Right. I could not be a teacher. Uh-huh. I absolutely, a thousand oh, percent, could terrible. not be a teacher. So you would definitely get the argument that, you know, they still need to be paid more mm-hmm. in order to, to supplement the fact that, I mean, they are essentially being used as child care the other three months of the year. Right. So. I mean, I think kids would hate it, too. Like, I don't think this will ever be an actual solution. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm kind of all for it. I was homeschooled. I did school all year. It didn't hurt me. And you seem plenty smart. Eh, Smarter okay. than me, anyway. Uh, you that, said it. That was my public education. You said it. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I turned out fine. So. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. The notion is that the homeschool kids are always socially awkward because they. Oh no, I'm that too. Your even your shirt says my shirt awkward, says is, awkward my specialty. is my specialty. It's so, fantastic. To that point. That's... But I love the idea, especially because kids are falling so far behind. I don't know how many reports we have to read where it's like half of this class, uh, this grade didn't even know basic uh, U.S. history or or, or some. Or some they failed at reading or some something absurd yeah well and it would make you know it would make family time so much better because mm-hmm. you could have you know people who are who get two weeks of, of vacation out of the year mm-hmm. they wouldn't all be buying for those summer months because oh the kids are out of school you mm-hmm. could take a week-long vacation because you know your kids still gonna have plenty of time to catch up on the mm-hmm. you know on the material because they're not gonna be moving as quickly because it's got you've got more time it almost seems like they should get the the typical holidays but then they should also get like a floating two weeks to take off whenever throughout the year oh, so the family can just plan whenever to take that two weeks off so i mean i i think it could work plus i i, I don't get the point parents have to work all throughout the summer so they just really have to uh upend their schedule when summer rolls around oh yeah and they have to send their kids to summer camp anyway, which is expensive, which some people can't afford, or they have to find alternative childcare, which is, is pricey anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not just keep the schools open all year round? Now, that's not to say that school has to be school, school in the summer. Exactly. It can be education, and there can be more fun or, or, or more hands-on. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you had summer was devoted to teaching your child how to do real work like you can have them you know do like cooking the, classes right do cooking classes do you know push a lawnmower around or, or, or something do this or help things, out in the community yeah do the things that we've lost right do all the things that everyone always complains that kids aren't learning like how to do their taxes I'll teach them their taxes yes although now that i do my taxes as an adult i don't understand why people say that it's so confusing well turbo, tur- turbo tax helps with i that. know i know back in the back before hey, turbo turbo tax, do you want to yeah, sponsor us please yeah, but I mean, before the internet, I'm sure doing your taxes was abominable. Yeah, yeah, and I—that's always my go-to argument as well. Like, oh, my mom never taught me how to do taxes. Like, she she did. She's yeah. like, hey, log on to this website; it'll basically do it for you. So she did teach me. How to my do taxes it. are terrible because it never allows me to submit them um, online. So shout out to TurboTax if you want to help me out with this, <laughs> or the IRS, either one, <laughs> whoever it goes You're to. Calling out the IRS, <laughs> yes, really. It doesn't let me submit it online. This happens year after year. Mm-hmm. And then I have to submit it paper form, and then it takes, like, months to get my, my uh, return check. Very nice. But, but yeah, I'm in 100% support to, to do schooling all year round. Yeah. Like I said. Plus, well, the kids aren't not rushed either. Like, you and I, we, we went to school. Yeah. Well, I went to public school, so you probably, you know. I, I mean, but, I went to public school for a time, so. But you only have, like, a week for a chapter, and then you just move, and you move, and you move, and you move. And, and you never get to, like, really solidify that information. And comprehend. Like, it's just a matter of, oh, okay, you learn this. Here's what's going to be on the test. Blah, 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 blah. You're, you're teaching to the testing, which mm-hmm. I think is a huge argument people are making for public school and, and, you know, school choice and things like that. But this could potentially help that, I think. 
I think there needs to be something more than just testing because I think when you study just for the test, then you forget it all. Or at a certain point, you just some some kids are better at taking tests. Oh, absolutely. Other. I am terrible I at taking tests. I suck at taking tests. Right, and I'm smart, but <laughs> it's not reflected on tests. Give me an essay, and I can write you any in like I can bust that out. Right. If I have time and can you know research and consider the material, I grasp the information and the concepts. But you put me in a timed test situation, and I'm just like. And there's only so many questions you can ask on a test. Yeah. And it doesn't, I've always been, uh, I like this idea, and tell me what you think. If you take a test and you get answers wrong, since we live in an online environment, your test can be graded in a snap, right? The teacher doesn't have to go through it. And you can find out what you got wrong, and then the teacher just lets you go back and, and, and try to do it again. Because sometimes the wrong answers are not wrong answers. It's because you wrote something wrong or you didn't explain yourself well enough. You, you know the, the right answer. Or the question is weirdly, weirdly worded. Right. So I, I think you should get that second opportunity yeah. that day right there to be like, the teacher's like, oh, you forgot to I don't know, add this. And you're like, oh, crap. I knew that. I knew I should do that. Yeah. So I, I think that would. I also had a college professor who <clears throat> he would. He or she, I honestly can't remember anymore. Um, they would take the the test. They would mark down, comment, like, all the questions that got, you know, they would do, like, tally marks. Like, mm -hmm. okay, student one got this one wrong and this one wrong and this one wrong. Student two got this one. And if they found a common question that more than, like, half the class got wrong, mm -hmm. they threw that question out. Oh, yeah, they grade on the curve. Mm -hmm. that's what is that I what did. that is? Yeah, that's Ow. what it is. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, are, I thought are, that was just, like, when you... Anyway, had more math. They, they just did it more like the, technically. So I don't yeah. know. But I mean, they would physically go through like every single test and be like, okay. And they would talk about it. They would say, mm -hmm. this, w the majority of the class got this question wrong. Why? Mm -hmm. And we would talk about the question. And he would, they would be like, okay, was it worded weirdly? And people would be like, yeah, it was kind of worded weirdly. This is what I thought. And they would change it. Hmm. So they were, you know, improving their test as well for the future, which was pretty cool. I was even talking to someone on you know, on Instagram because I do the, the Instagram comments. Um, yeah. They were asking, what do we do to improve the education of, of, of young men? Um, because data has shown that the current education system does does favor girls because we learn in different ways. Yeah. You know? I think it is, you know, girls are more, more quiet and they pay attention and boys are rowdy. Someone in the comments is going to scream, that's not true, but I mean, we've Everyone all seen is children. Different. We've all seen children. And you have individual characteristics, right. so it's right. obviously not going to be. But more often than not, boys are screaming and, and throwing mud at each other. Boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider? Yeah. Is that how that goes? Yeah. But hey, we got to Jupiter, so we got further. Yeah, but we got to, I don't know, we went to college. Yeah. That's where we went. <laughs> Never mind. So we're astronauts, and we got <laughs> stuck in class, so. <laughs> um, but my point was... Um, I, I took it away from the male versus female aspect, and I, I brought it to, um, you know, we know that there's different ways that people learn, but every classroom teaches the exact same way. Exact same way. Um, so if we use some of that research that helps to identify kids that learn in a specific way, then you can better tailor your classes or your teachers to more cater towards those students. So you could put all of the kids mm -hmm. together that, that learn um, um, visually. You can put them in a class that teaches more visually. Or you can put all the kids that are, are listeners and you put them in the, in the classroom where they're just lectured at for, for 
Forever. 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 That wouldn't be you, would it? No. Oh, my gosh. Um, and no. I think I think school systems... Wow, we have really digressed from the point of this video. That's fine. I can make this a whole other segment. So <laughs> it's a two for one. <laughs> um, I think... I think schools and school systems want to do that. I think mm -hmm. they, in a perfect world, they absolutely would. Mm -hmm. But with, you know, I know my sister's a co-teacher. They have up to 40 students mm -hmm. with two teachers. Right. You can't give that kind of individualized attention to all the kids. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I like your point about, you know, trying to group them together. Is that realistic, too? Because what if you only have, like, five five listening learners so uh, yeah and not every idea is realistic but it at least gets you a step forward to yeah something start that is, thinking can differently so i almost ugh, i know no one likes this but i mean we all know that private schools have better education and they have better outcomes of their students I, is i guess i would bring up the question and, and this is without putting much thought into it but just to pose the question so don't scream at us in the comments is it time to, um, you know, just kind of allow for more private schools? Because I know in Australia, they don't have public school. And if you go to public school, you're like, I remember we were on a boat, we were on a cruise, and they were like, we, yeah, we don't have public schools. But if you go to, we have them, um, but most people don't use them. If you use them, you're usually like a little weird. <laughs> that, that, that's, so that's they're, from the them. Home, they're the homeschooled kids of yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah they're okay. the homeschooled kids of Australia. Um, but, you know, this kind of goes back to my, you know, the government is great for funding things in the beginning, right? It's a crowdfunding resource yeah. to get things started. But at a certain point, it's not sustainable. And are we at that point where it's no longer sustainable to have public schools? Because we know universities, private schools, they're all excelling at educating kids. Um, is it time to have more private schools? What are the barriers preventing private schools from, from becoming more uh, omnipresent? Yeah. Or, or present. I don't know if omnipresent is the right word. but Sounded good. Yeah, it sounded good. It sounded good. My, <laughs> Someone yeah. will rip you apart in the comments. See, this is why fun. we need a better, better education, so I can better use my thesaurus. But, yeah, but th that's my point. Is it time? Because we know that industries are very good at, 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 at focusing on product and that product would be education and that product would be catering to the kids who learn in a specific way and they could get the resources and, and for teachers you could be paid more right and then there would be that competition in the marketplace so you could say well I go to ABC school but um, XYZ school they do much better and, and my kid would do much better at XYZ score and it's maybe it's even a little cheaper for the for the quality and you know I don't know. I think it's a conversation that's worth Ooh. having. Yeah. I think it's worth having. I don't think it's worth screaming that we're not allowed to have the conversation. I think it's... But you're not allowed to have the conversation. <laughs> Some people. But, you know, people are... I don't know. We, we definitely need more um, classes that... Debate classes that teach people how, how to debate. In my all my years... We could do that during the summer. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, all throughout... K through 12 and even college. Have, did you have, I, I didn't have. I had a public speaking course. Did you really? Yeah. Well, we had those projects where you always had to do some amount. No, I had a legit like public speak. Was it public speaking or just like, it was like a communications course. And do you feel like that helped you to communicate or to get your ideas across or to listen and understand other people? God, no. They made me do public speaking. <laughs> okay. So it didn't I had help. to stand up in front of the class and give like some presentation in freshman year and I, mm -hmm 
hated every minute of it. Well, I just thought maybe it would be beneficial because you have people who are just so not willing to listen to other people. And there's no bad ideas out there. I mean, there's some god-awful ideas. But even god-awful ideas get you somewhere. Like, spark a conversation. Even if it means getting away from those ideas. Like, like we're definitely not doing that, <laughs> yes. okay? But so. if you never hear that idea, then you never know what not to do. It's fair. I just think, I think that would be, maybe it wouldn't be beneficial, but in, in theory. Well, maybe the way cool. my university went about it was not the best the way. Best. So, because well, no, it, I don't think it was like a debate course or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think we just had to talk. Yeah, maybe just a class where you have to sit down with someone you don't like and you're forced to listen to them. Like torture. I thought that was summer school that I went to. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we digressed. But that was good, though. We do that. Let us know in the comments your thoughts um, on how we can improve the, the public school system. And or the education gross domestic in product. And the, oh, yeah, and the go- gross domestic product <laughs> if we don't switch, uh, split this into two, two different sections. Yeah. We don't really have a very good lead-in, though, but okay. Yeah, all right so yeah like comment subscribe do all those fun things get notifications every time we post um and we will see you guys next time and maybe we won't go so off the rails oh maybe we won't (laughs) maybe well maybe we won't maybe (laughs) they're like (laughs) maybe they're like okay they started talking about this and now they're on this so no i'm not coming back to them but please do so all right see See you you next time